Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whisperer, round two, done and dusted. How'd you go, mate? Mate, uh, story of round one, really good score. Continuing, I didn't Captain Tedesco. You'd think I'd learnt my lesson after last week, but we didn't. Pumped out of 1221. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to look at my score and rank knowing what I'd do if I did Captain Tedesco, but... I saw on your end that uh, you went one better again this week. Yeah, I think I, I I think I topped you by just 19 points, 1,240. So into a rank of 1,382, which is good. But uh, reality is it's not about where you start, right? 100%, mate. There's, uh, there's so little between the top 1K and the top 10K. I think there's 160, 170 points separating that wide margin. So for people that didn't start the best that are sitting around 5 to 10K, don't be too discouraged. I think Guru has scored uh, maybe 30 points more than me this year and is 2,500 ranks higher than me. So it just goes to show you how tight the the pack is. Mate, without saying the name Tedesco, what's your biggest regret so far? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's... it's Because I don't just, want to hear that name again, I'll tell you that much. It's just a talking point, is it? I guess, like, the biggest thing is probably not nailing my backup halfback. Um, Nathan Cleary, obviously, stand out. But I went with Ash Taylor, who... Has looked promising in sparks, but scores of uh, 49 and, and 38 haven't been amazing. But there's always room to improve. But yeah, uh, we can't touch on much more than they're not captaining the great men himself. I'm glad I didn't hear that name. Tell me, mate, uh, what's been your biggest win so far? It's round two. What are some of the calls that uh, you predicted at the start that have come true for you? Mitch Barnett straight away off the top of the top of the tee. Uh, 1% ownership coming into round one and it tipped him uh, early February before the goal kicking was announced. And then that obviously solidified it. Another good one would be Cecilia Tupanua, 410K. He's obviously scored two tries in the first two rounds. Great for people that jumped on. And the last one would be Josh Jackson. A lot of people raised their eyebrows when I suggested that he play 80 minutes at lock. Um, but that looks to be the case. 75 last week, 80 again this week. Scores of 57 all in base the first week, 75 this week, 60 tackles. You know what you're going to get from Jackson. He's not going to give you that triple-figure score, but he's never going to go below 50. So really good solid mid-ranger to have there in the second row. Mate, is, uh, is Josh Jackson on borrowed time or what? Look, in my side, he is. Uh, the minute Luke Thompson comes back, it, it sort of hampers his stock a bit. I'll hold for a week, obviously, see how that goes with the rotation. We could see someone like Dylan Napa drop out of the side completely and, and offer Higgy Ogden move to the bench or Jack Hetherington move to the bench. But look, I think Jackson's done enough to show that he can play 80. It's just going to depend on on how Trent Barrett wants to use his captain. Mate, two of the Brisbane boys that we've liked all preseason, Jordan Ricky and Tessie New, some big scores this week. Definitely going to help with their price tag. 
Yeah, Angus Crichton was a blessing in disguise for me. I was forced to play Ricky, and the the dreadfulness of someone like Fusatua forced me to play New. So I had them both in the side, played well. Look, they they look good. How electric did Tessie New look? Gets the ball and just looks to be raring to go all the time. Mate, especially when you consider, I mean, 92 and what, he dropped the ball over the line at one point. Like, that could have been anything. Yeah, it's uh, really promising to look at. Jordan Ricky and another good game, a couple of attacking stats, but just looks looks the goods. If he can get that connection happening with his halves pairing, and just has to learn to, I guess, run a, a better line and could be really destructive. Mate, for me, uh, what, what ended up giving me a good week, I didn't captain James Tedesco either. either. I went Nathan Cleary and... I'm not sure if you watched that game, but I cannot believe that Nathan Cleary ended up with 88. I don't know where he pulls these points from. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a hard game to watch myself. I, I captained Brian Toto, and um, yeah, look, they went that left edge all game. The first half, obviously, Billy Ami kick out, tore them apart. They started jamming in, so there was heaps of room for for Toto to, to score, but they obviously wouldn't get kick out of the ball. And Jerome Law had that great connection. As for Cleary, yeah, it looked. Uh, sort of a run-of-the-mill game for him until that last-minute sort of line break and, and the head-eye tackle, which I guess helped the scores. There's a, a, a bit of a boost, but updates were coming, but I didn't expect it to be as much as it did. I think he racked up with 88 or something like that. So great great to, for you that, that captained him and great for guys that um, were sweating the line. Mate, he was on 75, and I thought there was no hope in hell of him getting to 76, let alone 88. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty niche to talk about, but a lot of people want to play favourites with the unicorn points. But these quality guys, they're quickly showing why you pay the price tag for them. Nathan Cleary, people were sceptical about paying so much for him, but with the the way that someone like DCE is going, Cleary looks to be the best purchase all preseason, doesn't he? Oh, mate, without a doubt. And as I was saying before, the thing that sort of separated me this week was my centre wings that I picked. Uh, I went Remus Smith, Tessie New, Dane Laurie, and I got Dylan Walker, who produced a 40. We'll take that. I left Avarillo and Staines out of my side. They're stinking it up over there, aren't they? Yeah, that really helped you. Uh, I played Toto, who got 50. I played... Uh, Laurie, who got 74, New, who got 92. I also played Avarillo. I wanted to give him one more chance. I've always been a big believer of never trade out these mid-range guys after a round, but I've had two looks at him now and happy to bomb him. As for Staines, I think you and I called this all preseason, didn't we? Without the tries, it's going to be really hard for him to score well. Yeah, mate, without a doubt, I can't say I'm shocked in the slightest. I'm actually really surprised how many people are still playing him every week. It's, it's taken me by shock, to be honest with you. I guess, like, against the Bulldogs, you, you probably play him on the off chance that he'll bag a try because if he gets a try, there's a 30-point play, so that's going to boost him up a little bit. But it's um, it's always dicey picking these guys that are relying on tries. And obviously, I paid the price with Toto. I guess the difference with someone between Staines and Toto that, that he goes looking for the ball, doesn't he? He wants to get those runs over 200 running metres, uh, 20 hit-ups on the weekend. So there's the big difference. But it's very interesting to see that two wingers in the same system play very different styles of footy. And, uh, let's move to the hookers, and I want to ask you, Jacob Little, he's obviously scored a try two weeks in a row, which has helped with his scores unbelievably. His minutes on the weekend, they were very worrying, weren't they? Yeah, look, if you don't own Little, I'd still suggest buying him. He's still going to get you a nice price rise. Um, if you have someone like a Hodgson, then he's an easy downgrade. The minutes were a worry. He played 51 minutes, didn't make a huge amount of tackles. He made 27, had a couple of hit-ups. That try obviously definitely helped. I didn't play him in my side this week because I don't want to rely on those tries from forwards. But look, I still think he's a buy. You, you put him on the on the bench, don't play him. He'll make you some good cash for three or four weeks and then you can move him on to someone like a cook who's falling or someone like an happy Coruscant back from injury. So still think he's a buy, but just don't play him, I would suggest. 
Mate, the other hooker in my team, and I imagine a hooker in a lot of sides or a 5'8", is Connor Watson. And everyone has gone into panic stations the last two weekends in a row when he's been named on the bench. I know we've spoken about it. I think the minutes he's playing, and more importantly, when he's playing them, they are absolute gold for Connor Watson. Yep, don't look at the position that people are named in. Someone like Elise Namiya comes, for example, from the Warriors. He's named on the bench every week, but pumps out 40 to 50 minutes. So Connor Watson's the exact same. We want him to be coming off the bench. In all honesty, he's going to have a better production coming off the bench. He'll come in with 20 minutes into the game, beat around some tired forwards, obviously. Uh, fantastic silky ball player. You and I both love him immensely. Another man wearing the nine jersey from Newcastle. Do we want to touch on Jaden Braley? Looks to be probably the cheapie of the year so far. Mate, he is absolutely flying, isn't he? Yeah, um, thankfully, wasn't in my side all preseason until the, the last hour. Shifted um, shifted Watson down, dropped Munster out and brought Braley in. So running both those Newcastle guys, but they're, they're both producing, aren't they? Braley, uh, sensational. Obviously, tries in both weeks as well, but that running game around the ruck, it looks to be one of the best in the NRL after the first few weeks. Mate, uh, another cheapie that I thought looked much better on the weekend, I thought in round one he looked a little bit lost from your side, the Tigers. Stefano looked much better this week, didn't he? He did look more involved. Um, I think that helps when yeah, you don't have someone like Russell Packer there clogging up the middle when they both shared the field at the same time. So Stefano looked more involved. Moses Leota from the Panthers looked more involved. Spencer Lino, another cheapy front row forward, just doing his job. So you're going to get 40s to 50s from these guys. But yeah, people were quickly happy to write off Stefano after week one. But another one of these guys, it's cheapy that you just hold and came good. Obviously not going to be in your 17, but you'll take a 40 points every day of the week for a guy that costs less than 200K. Mate, let's talk about your trades this week. I believe you're sending uh, to a Trent Barrett's boys packing. I am, mate. Some of the Bulldogs boys, they're out of the side, unfortunately. Thankfully, I wasn't uh, punished with picking up stains in the preseason, so I don't have to trade him out. But another center wing dud in Jake Avarillo has to go for me. Uh, he's going to be paired up with Jack Hetherington. They're both out of the side. Looking right now, obviously, Tina's shoes, they might change some things. Manly could be naming a cheapie in that back row. We don't know someone like a Zach Sadler or Ben Travojevic or Josh Schuster even. But for me at the moment, we're bringing in Ryan James. We're going to shift him down to the second row and bring Tino Fasumalawi up. And we're going to bring in the Broncos fullback in Jermaine Asako. Mate, tell me about Ryan James. If you don't have him already, is he a must-have? He's a guy that I don't have at the, at the moment. I'm thinking that I, I have to bring him in this week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I wanted to wait as long as possible on Ryan James because I wanted to see what he would do with this role. But Ricky Stewart, from all reports, absolutely loves him. You and I touched on this last week. First at preseason training with the juniors, we were worried about Corey Harawira-Naira and Corey Horsburgh, but James has done enough to really hold down that uh, that interchange position. So Ricky loves him. I wanted to wait and see the security, but uh, you and I have said it before, you never ever give up your position to another bloke and Ryan James has grabbed it with both hands and run with it. Mate, speaking of grabbing with both hands and running with it, Isako, uh, I've got him in all, nearly all of my draft teams. And I must say, his score on the weekend was fantastic. Another one that I'm not quite sure how he got there. I was very shocked how high he was. Yeah, I think he had one try assist and maybe a line break assist. Um, so not huge attacking output, but it was the uh, the 22 hit-ups for me that really helped Sarko look and the goal kicking as well. We know... Um, the Broncos aren't going to lack scoring points, I think. Like, their attack isn't floundering. It's just that defensive side of things. So, like, if Asako is going to continue being a key point in that attack, then happy to pick him up. With the uncertainty around someone like Brody Croft, if he's dropped, Tommy Dearden might come in, which might see some more playmaking responsibilities put onto Asako. So, yeah, I'm happy to spend the extra 20K and get him than someone like Asako, even if he doesn't perform too well. Has a really low break even this week. Which, um, which we can touch on the break-evens and how important they are picking cheapies. But Asako, I think, is definitely going to stand up and, and make some good cash. 
Mate, we'll come to all the break-evens in a second, but a couple of holds I want to ask you about. There are already two names you've mentioned. Tell me about Big Tino. Are people overreacting? I think so, mate. Look, let's remember that David Fafita went off 15 minutes with a HIA. Tino moved to the side. He scored forty. Uh, he scored forty six. Had five missed tackles. So there's five points gone. Uh, also played on the edge, like we touched on. Played less minutes than last week. But yeah, I think people are just quick to jump the gun here. There's more pressing issues in people's sides to trade out than Tino. If you own Ryan Madison, obviously he's becoming a concussion worry week in week out. So we know the explosive X factor that Tino can have, and he could explode for hundred any game. And if 48, 46, whatever it is, is going to be the worst score you're going to get from Tino, you'll take that every day of the week, won't you? Mate, I also think a massive thing with Tino is that he's passing the eye test by a country mile as well. I mean, from watching that game, if you made me guess what he scored, I would have gone above 50, 55 without a doubt. That's the thing. The minute that game was was finalized, I got so many messages from people saying, oh, how does Tino get man of the match if I only score... 40-odd Supercoach points, and people need to realise that Supercoach and real life sometimes don't correlate. Let's look at someone like Clint Gutherson, for example. One of the best players in the game isn't a fantastic Supercoach scorer. So Tino, like you said, passed the eye test. I think people are just quick to overreact the same way they overreact with Damien Cook last week, who bounced back as well. Mate, uh, another guy that you mentioned that obviously you're trading him out, Jack Hetherington, but you mentioned to me that he's a hold. Uh, Explain this thinking to me. Well, he's a hold if you own Avarillo and Staines, for example. They're, they're two bigger pressing issues to trade out. Hetherington has scores of 35 and uh, I think 37 or something like that. I don't have him in front of me as I traded him out. But look, he's not going to lose cash at those, at those prices, is he? He's not going to make much, but he's not going to lose any. He's a guy that you can rely on for 35s. The minute his break even exceeds that, that's when we can trade him out. But look, yeah... If you have more pressing issues, then Hetherington isn't a bad hold. But like myself, I only had one of these dud center wings, then he's a trade for me. Mate, you mentioned break-evens before. Explain to me what they are. It's exactly what it says in the name. It's a break-even score. It's the score that your player has to get um, to maintain their their price. Obviously, you might see a lot of guys with negative break-evens. So therefore, that's when they're going to have those huge price increases. Um, I have dropped these on my pages, on my page, all 16 teams, all players. So head over to the SC Whisperer. I've basically listed every single player. We don't have the list to or the time to go over, but it's the score that your player has to get in order to maintain their price. Who, who are the absolute stick without going too deep into that list, mate? Who are the absolute standouts on it? No, he had a poor week. David Mead has a break even of minus 80. So he could get a sin bin eight times, not do anything and still hold his price. So look, if Mead gets another 20, that's fine. Like it's still going to be a price rise. For example, uh, we look at someone like Corey Allen from the Bulldogs who is priced at 545K, who has a break-even of 139. So it's a three-round rolling average. So um, Allen hasn't scored well for the first two rounds. Therefore, his break-even is sky high. He needs to score 139 to maintain that price point. And if he doesn't, that's when you get these price drops and we can pick these guns up for a cheaper reduced fee. Let me ask you, mate, this week, uh, if people, you know, if there's no absolute tire fires going on in their side, but, you know, they could make a little bit of extra cash here and there, do you think you're better off saving those trades for later or are you better to use them in the early rounds? Look, I've said it to you off camera that um, the trades this week are very key because head-to-head starts next week. You want to be getting your team good for head-to-head and then when you're confident, you can hold those trades. Look, personally, if you have no dumpster fires, if you're scoring well, then just hold them. We have 1.4 trades on average to use per week. Guys that have bombed four trades already, there's uh, there's an extra one in the bank they don't have to use later on. So for me, if you have no dumpster fires and if the trade's going to get you 30, 40K, then just hold it. If the trade's going to net you 100K profit, then obviously go for it. But for me, um, hold. So for example, in my side, someone like an Ash Taylor who has a break-even of 52, 
but an average of, of 40. So if he scores 40 next week, that's a 10-point difference between your break-even. He's not going to lose me a fortune. So I'm happy to hold him. Uh, whereas someone like, for example, Corey Allen, if you had him in your side, if he's scoring your 30s with a break-even of 140, that's where the problem lies. Now, mate, you just mentioned Ash Taylor, and a few people might have their eyebrows raised. But this week, Ash Taylor could be a master play, couldn't he? Mate, I, uh, I'm i praying to the supercoach gods that, um, that Nathan Cleary is ruled out. Obviously, hope first and foremost that Nathan Cleary is okay, not suffering too many injuries with this concussion. But it's going to teach a lesson to guys to don't nuff out so early, in my opinion. I think I'm pretty happy with my rank, considering I don't have any nuffs. And look, a lot of people are going to be running Nathan Cleary and Sam Walker. And Sam Walker isn't getting a look in anytime soon from what I've uh, gathered. So, yeah, if people don't have uh, a second backup half and Cleary's ruled out, they're going to be in an absolute world of hurt. And they might be expecting a, a 6.7 point score from Jason Saab being an AE. And mate, the, the, to, to make this situation even worse, Nathan Cleary, his Penrith Panthers, they play Thursday night. So it even takes out your VC options for the week as well, doesn't it? 100%, mate. Um, yeah, look, I don't want to sound too smug, but yeah, personally hoping that he is ruled out. One, for my own team, because I have a backup half, but two, for the people that uh, were so keen on running enough, I think it's going to cause a lot of headaches. And it's not like we even, like you said, if he was playing on the Sunday, we'd have plenty of time to sort of fix this dilemma, but he's playing the first game, no VC, and very, very little time to fix this up. Nah, mate, you don't sound smug at all. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> mate, for me, when I look at this week, um, I think for the last few weeks, captain options they haven't been overly difficult I think there's been a number of ways you could go and even if you didn't go Tedesco you probably didn't fall too far to the back this week you got the Penrith Panthers taking on the Melbourne Storm Thursday night you got the Roosters taking on the Bunnies Friday night there's a lot of the big dogs going head to head here it makes it really difficult I think this will separate the boys from the men's captains wise this week what are your thoughts I'm looking for vindication. I'm just sitting here waiting for Tedesco to score 60 so I can look like the smuggest prick going around. I'm not going to captain him again three weeks in a row. Probably going to get punished. I said to you last night that I should just make a challenge to see how far we can go without captain Tedesco. But against Souths, I know that Pappy scored big against them round one, but that wasn't the Souths we know, was it? Like they've, just, they've let in too many points. I think they're going to be much more in their game. Tedesco might, I say struggle, a struggling game for Tedesco is 80 points, isn't it? So not too bad, but yeah, look, I'm going, to, I'm going to go different this week. Obviously, chuck the VC on Teddy. Um, I think that's the safest play, isn't it? And I'm looking at someone like a Mitch Barnett against the Tigers here who considered a try on their edge to Cecily Tupanua. I think Barnett could be um, crashing over on that left-hand side again. Mate, one team that is sending me big danger signals this week, Supercoach-wise, you've got Cameron Munce, you've got Pappy coming against the Penrith Panthers. Their defense has been unreal to kick off the season. Yeah, and this was, a, I guess, a key reason as to why I didn't like picking Munster to start with. Um, obviously, we had South, so he scored well, and he scored a try and got 70-odd. Then we had uh, the Parramatta Eels, who are a nice defensive side at Bank West, who kept him to a relatively low score. And then we back up again with South Sydney. So, look, Cody Walker owners, another one who's who's struggling after last week's performance, might see another back-to-back low score from Cody Walker. So, look, I think if this is the time that you went risky in your in your pick selections, like myself, for example. It didn't go a gun in the in the five-eights. Uh, yeah, it could be could be on fire. The fullbacks look to be uh, a logjam. We've got Latrell Mitchell, Ryan Pappenhausen, and James Sesco all playing in tough fixtures. So we could look to someone like AJ Brimson to to really kick on if you guys went that pod route. Mate, Cody Walker was another one in round two. I've got no idea how he got the score that he did. I understand he scored a try. That was 17 points. But I had him as the captain in my uh, in my draft side and watched him very closely. How on earth he got 55 has blown me away. Yeah, I guess a try is worth 17. But if- 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You score a try at 31 points to you. You get the try. You get the line break. You get two tackle busts as well, which, look, I'm not a huge fan of. If, you, if you're a hooker and you just barge over, but you're sort of held up and just get the ball down, I don't think that's a line break, but it's always given in a try situation. Um, it's only off kicks. So, for example, Tedesco's try for the first try against the Tigers, that was just a try because it came off a kick, which is considered broken play. But when Cody Walker sort of jimmies the defense and scores on his own, it's a 31-point player. So take that out. He scored 20-odd, which I guess is more of a true reflection of his game. Wasn't Mate, it? I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he just got the ball handed back to him and put it down. I don't think he got a line break or anything for it. I'll, I'll, it was the play where AJ went down the short side and then threw it back to him. If you keep stalling for me, mate, I can definitely have a look and see what he was awarded for you. I'm pretty confident um, it was the one he threw it and Latrell Mitchell used really quick hands. He might not have even got a touch on it. Maybe that's where he got extra points from, but I thought Latrell touched it and he would have got the line break assist for that one. So Cody Walker had one try, one try assist, no line breaks. You are correct, but, yeah, so, but he did have a line break assist there. So Yeah, right. He must well, have got the, that one then. Okay. The line break assist is eight points. The try yeah. assist is 12 points. The try is 17. So look, off the top of my head, that's what? 40 points just in attacking stats. So 12-point 12, 12, 12 game from Cody Walker. But that's the thing. Like, Let's look at someone like Kurt Catewell, for example. People were quick to jump on the Catewell train last week where I said, hey, let's just pump our brakes. He scored 60-odd with a try, had a line breaks there, 31 points. And he came back down to earth, didn't he? He had a 35-point game or something with limited minutes. So that's the, the key thing, I guess, with these forwards. Look at someone like... Um, we can compare Mitch Barnett's two first weeks. So 107 in the first week, which which consisted of a try, uh, which is roughly a 30-point play. So we take 107-30, which is, what, 77 points. Um, and then this week, no try and scored 85. So I guess there's a, a good median to work off. Obviously, he has the goal kick, which helps, but that's not I, – I guess I'm not considering that a luxury stat. So I guess when you're looking at these high-scoring point forwards, look at their base, and that's why you and I touched on this so heavily in preseason as to what a player's base is and how important – I guess that is for your analysts of your team. Mate, a uh, very big week coming up for you. Yeah, uh, I'm sure a lot of the guys that follow you follow me. Um, yeah, going in for an eye transplant, which I've been waiting for for four years. So, look, scary stuff. Worst case scenario is I lose both my eyes and maybe there's no more whisperer moving forward. But best case is I get uh, vision in both eyes and I'm a force to be reckoned with, mate. I'm going to use that as my excuse. I've only got one eye. That's why I scored so poorly the first few weeks. Well, mate, fingers crossed it all goes well for you so, so you can look up and see me on the rankings there. <laughs> mate, you wouldn't have got there without me. Don't even act like you would. Please, I'll put earplugs on for these, mate. Uh, mate, all the best on Thursday. Wish you uh, all the best. I know it's all going to go well, and uh, we look forward to having you on next week to talk round three. Thanks, mate. Look forward to it. And everyone, good luck for your head-to-heads. Um, yeah, just like the NRL, premierships aren't, running one, aren't won in round one, so sit tight. Keep your friends close. Keep your pods closer. Jeez, I remember when the Tigers won their premiership in the trials. Wasn't that a long time ago? Now, I'm trying to I'm trying to sell these tickets on eBay for the grand final. I uh, I think I may have jumped the gun a bit too early. Uh, it's unfortunate for you. Good luck this week, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, legend. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.